deep within the tombs of Karash, past the haunted well of Farangdon, down the great abyss of interminable darkness, the lost episodes can be found. Without any remorse for sniffling or pauses, this unedited episode is brought to you by the forgetfulness of these two dweeby bastards. Enjoy. <laughs> okay. Do some vocal warm-ups or something. You want to you wanna do some vocal warm-ups with me? Sure. What is a vocal warm-up? You just repeat after me. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll start with the easy one. Unique New York. Unique New York. You need New York. You need New York. You know you need unique New York. You know you need unique New York. New York is unique. New York is unique. You need New York. You need New York. You know you need unique New York. You know you need unique you know you New York. <laughs> Aluminum linoleum. Aluminum you know those are two words I have problem with not next to each other. <laughs> I know that's the whole point. Aluminum linoleum. Aluminum linoleum. <laughs> Chrysanthemum geranium. Chrysanthemum geranium. Aluminum, linoleum, chrysanthemum, geranium. Yes, maybe, Chris, <laughs> Geronimo. <laughs> okay, how about this one? Um, I am a mother pheasant plucker. I'm a mother pheasant plucker. I pluck mother pheasants. I pluck mother pheasants. I am the pleasantest mother pheasant plucker to ever pluck a mother pheasant. I am the pleasantest mother plucker to ever pluck a mother pheasant. <laughs> That's pretty good. You, you're pretty good. Um, well, thank you. Yeah. And we can, I know that we're, you know, we're doing all audio, but, you know, shake it out a little bit usually helps. I haven't done vocal warm ups in such a long time. Oof. Um, Don't judge me, Shadow. Uh, you feel like starting soon? Yeah, let's get it. Okay. I feel this probably won't. This won't be a long one. I don't think so. And the the character that we make, um, I realize I have to be really careful because I think up like pseudo religious characters all the time. Um, so I have to be really careful to not like pull from a a, a character that I have already worked on. Eh, you can steal a bit. I might. <laughs> Who's okay. going to call you out? You might. I don't know your shit. That's true. Well, if I start talking about dwarves or if I start talking about just like deities in general, you know that I'm pulling from previous experience. So fair enough. (laughs) (sighs) All right. You want to start in like 10 seconds? Yeah. Okay. (sighs) Hello and welcome to another episode of the Be a Better Bard podcast. I'm We're... your co-host. W- will you wait your goddamn turn? No. Will you wait? No. You will speak when spoken to. 
Uh, I'm your co-host, Burley. And I'm Alex. What were you going to say? Were you going to say what up? I was going to say we're back. We're bigger. We're better. Stronger. Faster. Well, they don't really know that we've been gone. Because, I mean, it... We, we They're not like... listening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Kelso already knew that you weren't recording last week. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're, we're back, sure. We took last week off um, just because, who cares, sue us. Um, hey, and tummy troubles. Yeah, it happens. I'm, I'm having tummy troubles today. I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm a little crampy. I'm drinking instant coffee. That's probably why. Oof. I know. I just didn't feel like making a whole pot because Melissa had already like gotten up and had tea before I woke up. Anyway. That's why you get a French press, dog. I love my French press. I can't do the French press. It's it's a patience thing for me. And I and I prefer the flavor of like drip coffee over anything else. Um I like we have just like a plain Mr. Coffee, just the, the glass pot and that that's the best coffee for me. Yeah, I wouldn't say no to a coffee pot, but you've seen my kitchen. I have a really tiny kitchen, yeah, so I don't have counter space. space. Yeah, yeah. I want to. I, I feel like we need to get you like, um, like a lazy Susan that you can put like three different kitchen appliances on and just like rotate around what you need. If we didn't have the washer and dryer in there, I'd be able to like squeeze some more space in. But I like clean clothes and not lugging sure. it to a laundromat. That's fair. Laundry mat. Oh, your your um your washer and dryer is stacked, right? So they yep. so you can't even use the bottom one as a surface. Nope, it's not my cutting board. Yeah. My vibrating cutting board. Yeah. <laughs> Just put the knife on the board, turn it on, it cuts itself. That's amazing. It's like yeah. a slap chop, but <laughs> it also washes your clothes. Um Melissa's well, then. old place. Used to... Well, hey, you know what? We're having a conversation. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> Melissa's old place didn't have like any counter space, but it did have like an old school, like big clunky washer and dryer um, that gave her plenty of counter space when we were cooking and stuff. We just did everything on top of the washer and dryer. Is this the place I moved her out of or the place I moved her into and out of? Into and out of. Okay. Yeah. The, the walk up. Yep. Those stairs. Um, oh, yeah. I'm so, like, it, it, we, we are not planning on moving um, <laughs> anytime soon. We, we plan on staying another year after our current lease is up. Same. Um, I, th- I think at this point, our plan is like, if we're moving again, we're either going out of state or we're going to buy a house. Yeah, I think, I, I think that that's sort of where we are. We just, you know, we we have a dog and we don't have a fenced backyard and we've already put so much time and money into getting this house. Nice. Um, we don't want to leave it immediately, but eventually yeah. we need, we need a fence because Lizzie just has too much energy. Yeah. Um, and that's probably not something you can talk to your landlord about. Like, would you th- would you consider a fence? Uh, I mean, we did talk to him when we moved, when we first moved in and he was like, you know, if you guys end up staying for a second year, we'll talk about it when you sign on for the next lease, but I'm not ready to talk about that right now. Yeah, he had fair. just, he had bought the house like literally three days before we uh, came to see it and took it. Um, but then we, we asked him about it and he was like, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't want to, he, he has not invested any money into this house mm. for real. I think he bought the house, uh, probably hired somebody to come in to sweep and vacuum 
and that was it like there's no blind there was no blinds we had to like put up blinds in every room that sounds um, about right yeah. landlords are awesome yeah i mean, totally not leashes on society yeah yeah i mean it, it 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 depends on how you do it right like i've i've had some really good landlords who like actually care and like my friend scott he uh owns a few properties um and like what one of our friends lives in one of his houses and he's a great landlord he's always like looking to improve the house because it's his investment so he'll be like hey i want to like come in and paint this is that cool um but yeah, landlords like what we have that are just like, yeah, we bought this building, now live in it. Yep, pay us. Yeah, pay us money to live in our shitty place. Yep. Any who's will be. Today we're talking about... <laughs> what are we talking about today, Brother Burley? Today we're talking... You know what? Today we should, we should do an episode on landlords. We should just like scrap what we have and do an episode on landlords. All right, so Breakfast and Tiffany's, get this. There's this Asian guy, but he's not actually an Asian guy. Oh, fuck. <laughs> he, was a, he was a landlord, right? I never finished the movie. I got bored after 20 minutes. You know what? I, the only thing that I got out of Breakfast at Tiffany's is that she's really pretty and like classically beautiful. And that's all I remember of that movie. I... I think all I know from that movie is the 90s song mentioned it. <laughs> yeah. I, I said I think I remember the film, and, and you know as what? I recall, yeah. I think we both kind of liked it. Well, that's the one thing we got. Where that's you... it, yeah. The, ni- the 90s just listed off completely random facts. Oh, yeah, all the time. Walked into the kitchen, my clock is five minutes slow and i'm out of apple jam (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's i mean that was green day's first big hit (laughs) and then Ah. i jerked off now oh yeah that was first that was a that was a big yeah green day thing uh 30 year old men singing about masturbation to teenagers yeah nothing wrong with that totally not weird Moral of the story, today we're talking about religious characters. It's true. People that do not sing about masturbation to teenagers. Uh, unless that's Ideally. what their god requires, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I didn't personally research anybody like that, but... It's out there somewhere. Maybe, maybe you did. Maybe you did. I know that's your thing. It's um, true. <laughs> um, okay, so, yeah, yeah usually we, we have, like, the... Um, let us explain to you what the word means. But because we, I, I guess we didn't really want to say priests or clerics and um, yeah, we just wanted people who are religious. Um, it, and there's not like a great word for that. You know, that's not yeah. really a character. It is a character archetype, but like, you know, I, I don't want to say like fanatic. Like that's the archetype that a lot of fiction goes with. Is if what, you're religious, you're crazy. Yeah. What we picked was almost more of a drive for a character. So most characters kind of have like a general inspiration. Like you can be a religious character, but like that's not what drives you. You want to rule the world, or right. And I actually even in be my a notes, great pastry chef. But like in my notes, arc- I put yeah. her main story arc is. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, let's let's just dive into it. Do you want to talk about your character first? I will. Let's just get into it. Um, so I chose Shepherd Book from 2002's canceled show Firefly and 2005's movie Serenity, uh, mm. played by Ron Glass. For those that don't have nerd friends that won't shut up about this show, Firefly is a canceled Western sci-fi, and it's an ensemble cast. Um, ensemble casts are fun just because it's kind of plays into the trope of found family, and found family is my jam. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very adventure. I mean, yeah, it's like a D&D adventuring party. Yeah. It's, it's nobody is the main character. I love that. So when we meet Shepard Book, um, he's kind of wandering around looking for a ship. And the pilot for Serenity. Uh, oh, that's the, the name of the show. Yeah, that's, that's the name of the movie. Don't backsass me, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Firefly is the name of the show because that's the class of this ship. I know, I know. I'm sorry, <laughs> Dad. Um, but Kaylee, the ship's pilot, notices he's walking around and he's not looking at where the ships are going. He's just looking at the ships. So she's all sly. She's like, you're going to go with us because we have the coolest ship. And he's like, you're right. I'm going to go with you. you. got a pretty cool ship. I like you. Here's some strawberries. And then the adventure of Zeus. So it turns out a whole bunch of people are on that boat that shouldn't be on that boat. There's Doc uh, or Simon who is carrying a secret super soldier that he stole from the government. There's the super soldier, River. She's kind of crazy. And it turns out there's a spy for the Alliance. Um, quick breakdown. This show is basically a, um, what's the word for the trope? Uh, the glorious cause, the lost, claw, the lost cause. It's kind of a metaphor for the Civil War. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but except the brown coats didn't have slaves. So we like them. Well, I know that it's that, like the allegory is supposed to be civil worry, but I mean, the, it doesn't really work out that way because it's, it's about like an, an empire taking over a free planet. Right. Yeah. So it's, so it's not really civil war. It's, 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 it's what em, em, empiricism empire, whatever the word it's is. It's what the flag wavers like to pretend the civil war was about. Right. Okay. Sure. 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 Yeah. But it was about slaves, and anyone that waves that flag should get slapped. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I I agree. I just I can't get started. Yep. Anyways, turns out there is a spy for the alliance that has been tracking um, Simon and River. Um, the spy accidentally shoots Kylie, and a scuffle ensues. The crew is ready to kill the spy, but Shepard Book steps and is like, "No, I I can't let you do that. You disarmed him." it is immoral to kill a disarmed man. Anyways, the spy knocks out Shepard Book. And eventually, they unceremoniously kill the spy, they move on, they go on into adventures. But Shepard Book kind of finds himself at an impasse. He's talking to Inara, which is the ship's sex worker. And he says, I've been out of the Abbey two days. I've fallen in with criminals. I've watched the captain shoot a man I swore to protect. And I'm not even sure what he did was wrong. And that's kind of a constant theme without this show. The, the crew was always kind of pushing against him, and he's always pushing against the crew. But it's never in a negative way. So he's no, hard... Yeah, it's, it's about, like, being pious and following the rules sort of way, and then... Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he's... The crew is very, like, we're on the outskirts. We kind of need to do dirty. He's like, I understand that. Um, but also, you don't need to be 
too dirty. You can still be good people and still live on the fringe. Right. Which they all do automatically, right? Like, it's not like any of them really needed that lesson. They would have killed that spy otherwise. Yeah, but they... they but I think I, they talk about a torture at some point. It Like, if they hadn't have killed that spy, though. Yeah. Like, everything would have turned out a lot better. Yeah. And so he's pretty much part of the crew at this point, and all the crew regularly likes him. Um, Mal, who is the main character, they're kind of regularly pushing against each other because Mal is pretty anti-religion, but he has a strong liking towards Shepard Book. Um, I always really like that Jane, the hired gun, like, the person that's going to do something bad, they're, like, best friends. They regularly, like, debate philosophy or lift weights together. (laughs) The only character he really doesn't get along with is River, and that's because... River, who was tortured and experimented on by the Alliance, um, she's a very literal person. And that, unfortunately, is not something that goes very well with religion. Yeah. So they're constantly kind of poking at each other. So he just kind of keeps his distance on that one. He knows that is not a fight he will win. Yeah. But what's awesome about Book is he's a character that isn't what he seems. Episode 5, they're doing regular criminal stuff, and Book gets shot. Unfortunately... River and Simon are off on their own adventure. So their ship does not have a doctor. And the closest doctor is an Alliance ship. They're all criminals. But if they don't go to the Alliance, Book will die. So they have to take him there and lie. Be like, hey, we're just regular transport people. And the Alliance is going to send them off. They're like, we don't care. You're you're peasants. Go away. Leave us alone. Uh But one of the guards happens to scan the ID card of Book. And whatever's on there, they suddenly start giving the entire crew the first-class treatment. He is given the best doctors instantly. He's instantly whisked away. And you're left wondering, who is this man? Right. And throughout the show, there's always little things that just indicate Shepard Book is more than he seems to be. Um, and they come across criminal like masterminds or criminal like underlords. He knows who they are. He knows they're dangerous. At right. some point, they're pinned down by a sniper. He knows exact tactics of how to get rid of that sniper and what they're doing. Um, in a gunfight, he knows extremely rare and sensitive military equipment and how to use it, despite the fact he's a pacifist. Mm-hmm. So throughout the show, you're always like, who is this man? He's just like, I'm, I'm a shepherd. Leave me alone. So towards the end of the um after the show ends, but in between the gap between the show and the movie, in one of the comics, um, Book has an altercation with Mal, who is the main character and the leader again, and Booker, out of rage, punches Mal. At this point, he's like, you know what? I've been with you guys a little bit too long. You're starting to kind of make me, make me, become, yeah, make me become someone I don't want to be, so I'm going to leave. We're still friends. We're still cool. I just can't be on this ship anymore. So occasionally the the crew will still come to him if they're in a pinch. For an example, in the movie, they are on the run from the Alliance and they use his village where he's preaching to lay low. Right. Unfortunately, that attracts the Alliance and they are attacked in full force. The Alliance does not hold back. Um, Book, in his last act to protect his village, breaks his vow of pacifism and jumps onto a turret, gun, giant gun, uh-huh. Big boom. And he, shoot down, he shoots down the ship that's attacking his village, but the ship gets him too. So in, in his dying words, he tells Mal, I don't care what you believe, just believe it. Which leads Mal to go do big adventure stuff and take on the government. 
right, yeah, right. I like this character. Yeah, he's a good character. I love the show. And it never, like, it never explains, like, what make, why he's so special. Like, what there, in it, the Alliance. So, f- from what I read, there is a comic. I just haven't picked that one up yet. Oh, okay. I think that came, it came out, like, two years ago. And they're eventually like, all right, we need to explain his backstory at some point. It's, it's been a decade or more. Word. Yeah. Well, God, I want to know. I want to know, like, is he, like, some, ah, now I'm into it. You, you got <laughs> me into the mythology. Um. Well, that's cool. That sounds like a, I mean, it, I know it's a good character. Um, I, I really want to go back and finish watching the show now. Yeah. I rewatched the movie the other day. God, I love, that is one of those movies like in high school, I would just watch it over and over again. Like I had a bad day in high school because math class, yeah. I'm watching Serenity. I've, I've watched it a couple times. My, my father who, you know, calls me a nerd all the time. He is actually a huge sci-fi nerd and, uh, has seen like every star, like literally every Star Trek episode at least more than once, and I'm, I'm like every series. Um, anyway, um, we really like bonded over that movie, um, but I haven't seen it in years. I would love to watch it again. I got it on DVD. I'll throw it your way if you want. Gosh, they took shoot. it down from streaming the other week. Yeah, like as soon as I was gonna watch it, I was like, fuck. Then I remember I, I, like, yeah, I feel I like that happens all the time. Like every yep. time I'm like, oh, I know that that movie is up. I'm going to watch it for the show. Now, yep. now, now it's on Hulu, but you have to have the stars package as well. Yeah, um, pretty much anytime we do a Wednesday movie night, we're always like, wasn't this on last week? Let's watch that. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, well, we should, we should, uh, yeah, give me that. Give me that movie. Um, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna move on to black character now. Um, I don't know why I talked like that. Okay, <clears throat> resituate. <sighs> so I studied Melisandre from uh, Song of Ice and Fire, Game of Thrones. Um, so Melisandre, also known as the Red Woman or the Red Witch. She's a beautiful woman and she wears red robes and dresses and she has red hair and red eyes and she wears a red jeweled choker that glows and gets hot whenever she uses her powers. So she's really into red stuff. Mm -hmm. In the book, she's described as being crazy hot. She's so fine and so fly. Uh, She's very reserved. She has an era of uh, an, an aura of confidence and she is a devout follower of the Lord of Light and I have no idea how to pronounce this Rolor you see in the in the in the show she never says it she never says the name <laughs> of the god I think, I think they do say it like once or twice but like then they just go with the fire god the entire time yeah they just say or the Lord, Lord of Light, of Light. yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know how to pronounce the word, but I'm going to say Lord of Light pretty much from now on. So That's what they did. It works out. It's R apostrophe H-L-L-O-R. Um, she comes from a city called Ashai, which is on the eastern continent, Essos. Um, Ashai is a large trade port, and it's right adjacent to um, the Shadowlands, which, you know is where uh, shadow stuff happens as it would have it. Uh, Melisandre 
Melisandre is known as a shadow binder, which is a subclass of sorcerer um, that, interestingly enough, binds shadows. So her god uh, shows her visions in the flames, and she makes burnt offerings as a part of her magic, though it is not really clear if any of that actually works, any of the uh, burnt offerings. Any of the fire-type magic she does usually is wrong or is, like, really circuitous and, come on, like, you can't take credit for that kind of shit. Yeah, just the vaguest. Yeah, or it just outright fails, and I'll, I'll get into some of that stuff. Um, so her main story arc... Callback is finding Relor's Relor's chosen champion, the Azor Ahai, who has to fight against the Lord of Darkness and Cold. She originally believes that Stannis Baratheon is the Azor Ahai reincarnate, because when she arrives on the Western continent, Stannis is like the first guy she sees. So she believes that he is <laughs> the champion that she's been looking for. Oh, it's so silly. Like, she literally, like, lands in Dragonstone, and Stannis is pretty much the first guy she talks to, and she's like, oh, you, you're you the, the guy. I know it. Yeah, you don't have to be smart to be a character in Game of Thrones. Right. Um, so she doesn't immediately become Stannis Baratheon's, like, witch advisor, right? Originally, um, she believes Stannis is this uh, prophesied savior. Um, So she has to like work her way up the ranks. So she starts out proselytizing as, uh, as a red woman, as there's, there's lots of these traveling. um, Yeah. Red people. Right. Um, And she ends up getting in good with Stannis's wife converts her and then Stannis's wife. And, um, like throughout the show, we don't really know like why is Stannis with her. He seems like completely annoyed by her all the time. But uh, in the books, it's pretty clearly lined out that Stannis is married to her because her family has a pretty good army. So uh, she has an army. They all convert to the Lord of Light religion, and so. Stannis is now like trying to take the throne and most of his army has converted to this foreign religion. So he ends up t- pulling the red woman aside and being like, all right, you have to make me the figurehead of this, this thing. Like I need them to follow me, not you. So he brings her up to be an advisor. Um, Oh, where, 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 where am I in my notes? I lost track. Um, so, uh, so yeah, he plays along with it because Melisandre, uh, um, promises to use her magic to help him in this, uh, war that is between himself, his younger brother, Renly, Rob Stark, uh, Joffrey, his not actually nephew. Um, that's pretty much it at that point. I think there might be a fifth guy in there. It doesn't matter who. Um, oh, the Greyjoys. Duh. Um, so the the first person that they need to take care of is his brother, Renly. 
So Stannis sleeps with Melisandre and then orders his 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 best friend to take her to Renly's castle. They go there. She births out a shadow monster using mm-hmm. the king blood and she kills Renly. Um and then so status Stannis is like, "Okay, great. I'm going to go get the castle." But it turns out that Renly's army, like his bannermen, were like, "No, we're not going to leave our fucking castle. This is where we live." So they refuse to leave. And uh I I guess because they weren't very inventive, um Stannis sleeps with Melisandre again and she goes back to the same place in the same castle, births out another shadow monster and goes and kills one of Renly's captains. And that spooks everybody out of the castle. Then they completely ignore the castle forever. And it never really shows up again. Nope. So it was totally worth it. Um, uh, okay. So another time they're at castle black and um, she tells them like, Hey, you guys are kind of stupid. It's cold as hell up here. And here's the thing about the Night Watchmen. They're basically cavemen gorilla people because they're sitting up there in like furs and freezing to death, but they don't, they don't light fires. Like that's just apparently a thing that pe- Westerosi people don't light fires. They just stay inside and, and wear blankets. So she's like, no, you dum-dums. You need to light fires so that you can see around the fort and be warm. So now there's a new rule in Castle Black that at nighttime, fires need to be lit everywhere. There need to not be dark spaces where enemies could be hiding to ambush us, which ends up kind of messing around when the wildlings do attack. They assume that it's going to be dark and they can assassinate people, but they can't because there's fires everywhere. Um, Melisandre, uh, um, so she was going to do a burnt offering of the king of the wildland people. Um, but instead she uses magic to hide him, which is different in the TV show and in the book In the show she burns him. Um, but in the books, she disguises him to look like somebody else and then sneaks him and all of his people into the Southlands and, uh, uses him much later on in uh, a bunch of war stuff. So uh, Mance Raider, the leader of the wildlings actually gets a lot more play in the books than he does in the, in the show. And Mm -hmm. he and Melisandre have like, it becomes the two of them and not she and Stannis. Anyway, she has this vision in the flames that Jon Snow is going to die in the light of her fires. And then he does that. Um, And then she brings him back to life another time. (laughs) Stannis is going to have a big battle and uh, Melisandre is like, okay, King's blood. Remember how I did all the King's blood stuff and it worked out for you. So she convinces Stannis to give her the okay to burn his daughter alive while he and his wife watch like devout uh, religions. Um, So they sacrifice the daughter um, and she dies and then Stannis's wife hangs herself and she, she dies. And then they lose the battle anyway. Uh, and Stannis dies because it turns out that Stannis wasn't a king the whole time. 
so his king blood thing didn't didn't really work you know um moral of the story uh she ends up being instrumental in helping defend and defeat the night king's army but in the show they do like a lot of big fiery deals and her powers are fiery which isn't what she does in the book in the books all the magic that she does is shadowy because she's a shadow binder um yeah that's melisandre (laughs) yep i i don't know if i went too long on that one no you went good good i went good we'll see what the books fix everything of the last two seasons oh yeah he still hasn't finished the books nope (laughs) i was wondering like i was like okay well when's the part that they defeat the night king where's that part at Nope, that hasn't happened yet. He's only done it. And so another thing that I learned while I was doing this research, because, you know, I haven't read any of the books, um, but I was trying to get as much information from, you know, the book knowledge versus the show knowledge, because I have watched the show multiple times. Um, So apparently, um, uh, Ramsey Bolton, right? And in the show, he marries Sansa. But... In the books, apparently, he marries the Arya. Yeah. It's Arya. It's an Arya lookalike. What, no, yeah, there's that. Well, there is like the Arya lookalike who is a Car Stark, um, but she isn't. She's about to get married off to a cousin of hers, who wants to like take over the Car Stark hold. Um, but but yeah, like it, like Sansa's not even in that picture at all. They and and apparently are and so I, I'm assuming Arya never goes and becomes a ninja assassin. No, right now in the book she's still she hasn't made it back to Westeros yet. She does not marry Ramsay. It's like their servant girl that they lie and say is her because she's been missing so long. No one can say who Arya is. Oh. So they just lie and say like, yeah, this is Arya. So what's Sansa doing? Sansa is still currently in the twins with Littlefinger. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, like oh, at the uh, not the twins. Um, the um, I'm snapping my fingers to remember. Um, the the eerie. Yep. There we go. The, yeah, the twins is the the big bridge. That, oh yeah, um, the bridge. Yeah, yeah. That, she's that, still that at the Filch eerie. runs. So she's she's still learning like. How to play the game Littlefinger's way. Oh, wowzer dowser. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool. Um so what are so I guess I I chose a more fanatic uh, Yeah, I, I would say my character's more of a fanatic. Like Yeah, closer to ends, it. Ends up doing evil things in the pursuit of good things. Yeah. Um, like they're not necessarily like an evil evil character like they at least have like a decent vision of the world right but uh, yeah i would say yeah she's an end justifies the means sort of deal right she's not an evil character um but yeah yeah she i I, maybe she just like recognizes the game that that they're playing and is willing to you know i don't know play the game yeah yeah, that's a good. And your character is definitely not a fanatic. Like, it's almost like a. I don't know. You tell me. Do you do you feel that um, 
that Shepard is religious first or second? I think his religion guides everything he does. So, like, he is a pacifist. Like, he believes wholeheartedly what his God supports. Yeah. But he's able to slightly bend his beliefs because those around him... It makes it more palatable, I guess. Sure. Like, do what's right because it's right, not because my God says it's right, but my God also happens to say it's right. Right. Okay, whereas whereas my character is like, we have to do this and this and this because that is what my God is telling me. Yes. Hmm. So I wonder, and, and this is sort of getting into the character building stuff a little bit. Do you think that the more contact a person has with their God, the more um, fanatical they become. Like, like Melisandre is receiving uh, like messages directly from the Lord of Light, right? Um, and prophecy, and it's where she says she gets her power and shit. So maybe that's why she's more fanatical. Whereas... It, might also, it might also have to do more with the God itself. Like the Lord of Light is a God that supports burning people alive. Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a Lord of Light guy, but like, I, I, the burnt offerings never show up anywhere else. It's only Melisandre who's doing it, right? No, like, do um, other red people do that? Yeah, in the books, some of the Greyjoys. There's a whole subplot of the Greyjoys trying to get a hold of some dragons, and they have a Lady of Light on their boat. Dang. Okay. Never mind. I don't know. I never read the books. So, you, yeah. I can I, throw I, those your way, too, if you want. No way, dude. I have enough books I gotta read. I know. They're, they are thick. Yeah. They're not painful to read thick. It's not like Lord of the Rings, like, oh, my God, I'm five pages in describing trees. Right. Like, but they're easy reads, but my my thing, my thing is, even in the show, it, it's hard for me to keep people's names like uh separate a lot of people have similar sounding names like they do in lord of the rings and i've tried looking through the books before like oh maybe i'll pick up one of the lord the game of thrones books and then i'm like flipping through and there's like six people's names that are really really similar and i'm supposed to know the difference i can't do it yeah i can see that but i did i, I picked up uh like young adult versions of Game of Thrones and picked up a few uh, of the Redwall books recently. Is that the one about the mouse? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it's, it's not all about like each book is about like a different set of rodent. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like Game of Thrones, but they're all like woodland critters. Okay. Yeah. I think I remember people reading those and yeah, they're, 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 I just, they're really stuff. They're really good. Maybe I'll throw one of those your way. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I loved those books when I was a kid. Um, anyway, God, we are, I, I am just a tangent train today. I'm yeah, we're sorry. sidetracky. Yeah. Otherwise, this would probably be a really short episode, so. Possibly. Um, well, let's, let's, get, let's get into it. Let's talk about, let's do the, the reason why we have the podcast. Yeah. Um, let's make up a character. Um, what, what, a? I don't even know where to start. Like part of me wants to start with like, what kind of, 
religion. Um, but part of me is like, well, what what is the setting? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, the, I, I don't be know. our second religious character. What was our first religious character? Didn't we do the the priestess for undead? The vengeful priestess. Did we? Yeah. I don't remember that character. Yeah, like her her temple was like sacked and she was killed and she became a vengeful spirit. Like, oh, it was a while ago. Yeah, I don't remember that episode. I gotta go. I need to go back and listen to the episodes. Okay. <laughs> um. All right. Well, this is a different kind of religious <laughs> character. Do okay. Do we want to? Do we want to do a good guy or a bad guy? Let's do a good guy. Okay. I still think we should just do a whole villains month. We, we should. I mean, villains are fun to make. They are. Um, and they're yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. We should do it. We should do some villain time. Maybe like October, the spooky month. I'm down for that dope um okay so uh we're making a good religious character monotheistic polytheistic um we tend to do like a lot of like pull from D stuff isn't the D a polytheistic world um it can be yeah but i mean yeah it's it's whatever the world the dm wants to play in Mm. Um, I mean, I've, I've, I've personally run games where, um, the deities are like, there's four deities and they all actually exist and everybody knows they exist. There's no question about that. Um, it's just which one you choose to get power from. And then also the humans instead of worshiping any of the four actual deities they worship society as a religion and get their powers from society society man yeah <laughs> um anyway so yeah do you want to, are you saying that you wanted to do a more like D polyistic thing or were you just bringing up that we usually live in that space oh just bring up we normally live in that space I mean, that's the space I'm usually most comfortable <laughs> yeah. is, is the D&D space. Well, we don't have to focus as much on like building stuff from scratch, which is nice. Yeah, that's fair. Um, okay, well then let's, let's live in sort of the D&D space, in the, the fantasy space. Um, what, uh, what kind of god or gods do they serve? Um, let's do nice ones. Okay. Uh, they will not become a vengeful spirit. Um, what I like about both the characters we chose is they're both, yeah, you know, they're both trying to bring about a better world, and they're both also like they're just good side characters. Like yeah. their purpose in the story is to get the hero to be heroic. Yeah, I can get that. I can get behind that. So, so yeah and and i like i like maybe trying to make our character be like a good advisor to yeah um to to somebody um or just like an old friend that has bits of wisdom we'll get to it um so i i, I what if we did a um like sort of had a pantheon 
um, and our character. So like in, in this world, you don't really worship like a single God, right? Sort of like Greek mythology. Where... Or like Game of Thrones, like the seven. The mother, yeah. the father, the... Yeah, you, you, you pray to the whole pantheon. Yeah. But but if there's something specific that you need a blessing from, you ask that specific deity. Yep. Um but let's say that our character generally worships like like uh, I don't know, like a specific group of gods that have their fingers in what they're interested in. Yeah, like typically there would be like a priest of Apollo or a priest of Athena. Right. But but that priest could, I mean, very well deal with other gods as well. Yeah, like, they still acknowledge that, but they're just like, this is what we focus on. If you're right. having infer- and, you know, infertility issues, come to us. Okay. How, well, how do, you, how do you feel about this? Um, what if each god has, like, a good side and a bad side? Like, like Hermes, right? or or um mercury whichever you want um so he's the messenger of the gods and the god of like i don't know quickness and god of medicine but um he's also a god of death and he um carries souls to the underworld and like everybody forgets about that part of it they they talk about all the like fun running around stuff but he collects souls and brings them to the underworld so maybe our character maybe our pantheon while and there is a good God, right? That God also has it because of what they control. There is some bad sides of that God. Yeah. You know, the God of the sea is cool, but that, you know, he's also the God of storms. Do you, is truth, that truth. okay? Yeah, I'm feeling that. Okay. So let's pick a good thing and then we can kind of bend a bad thing around it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what do we want? What do we want to worship? What do we want to be a... a clerk of trying to think of something nice and peaceful we've got nature um what if it's like a god of their i don't know i was gonna say like the a god of like home and hearth um sort of like the god so it's martha stewart yes it'll make your home nicer but it'll also embezzle money um I don't, well, I don't know about that. Like, maybe like, <laughs> yes, it's the god of making dinner, but it's also the god of grounding. <laughs> um, or, um, well, but maybe like, maybe like a god of the god of home and hearth is also like the god of like infancy, and is also therefore the god of baby death. Oh, that's dark. I don't know if I want to do. Yeah. That. Um. <laughs> What if it kind of like works around fertility, but it's more like nature based? Like, we get your ground good. We like, you know, good solid dirt, but that involves regularly burying people because we need something for the dirt to yeah, grow off. We of. need to re, yeah. So, oh, I like that. It's like um, almost like Demeter, like a, like a god of the harvest. Um, yeah, there we go. Yeah. And, and harvesting like the god of the harvest and that implies both like the life and death aspect of nature um 
but I do, I do think, I, I do like the the whole like burial aspect. I, I really want to f- to fold that into it. What if it's what if it's a god of dirt or the earth? And it's like, and it's like a Gaia sort of deal. Yeah, and it's worshipped when they when they plant their crops, not when they harvest their crops. Um, but yeah, it's it's also a god of burial because they returning to your mother. Right, return return to the earth. Yep. So it's not a god of death, but a god of burial rites or something. Yep. I kinda like that. It's got it's all the god of recycling. Yeah, it's it's got good and bad. And if we wanted to give it it gives us interesting um uh what's the word I'm looking for? Like ceremonies or or whatever for yeah, our characters. Rights. rights, yeah. Um there's a specific word I'm looking for, but I can't remember what it is. Um anyway. Um yeah, and it gives them like interesting places to worship, ways to worship. Um and if we want to give them cool magic powers and make them earthbenders, that could be a thing too. <laughs> Um. Okay, cool. So, what is our what is our character then? Uh, I kind of like the idea of them being travelers, just because both of both the characters we chose are basically kind of wanderers that are searching to spread their word, right? Um, so maybe they just travel from town to town, like facilitating different harvest in different seasons depending on what that town's major crop is yeah maybe like they they have a circuit um like they yeah they they like go from village to village and they show up at certain times each month to bless the crops not each month but like each year i mean season yeah 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 season that might yeah i'll let you say what you said instead of trying to rephrase what you say I don't need to control everything. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I really like that. What if? What if they? Did we already? Did we say she? I feel like we said she. Let's make it he because we already did a priestess. Okay. Um, what if we, he's also because of like the burial thing? Like if he shows up off season, um, it's like a an ill tiding, right? Like something bad is going to happen. If anybody sees him, you know, around the harvest, it like, oh no, seven people died from wolves. Yeah. So he's, he's like loved and hated kind of. What if this religion only lets you bury your people right before, like a month before the harvest? Oh, so, um, so are they just like, or a month before the sowing of the seeds? So, like, villages just have to maintain, like, they're dead for, like, nine months. Oh, what? That's a... I kind of... I, I'm interested in that. Well, maybe that's maybe that's another thing he does. When he shows up to villages, he... He does the burial rites. Um, does he preserve bodies? Or does he know ways of doing that? Or is that just somebody else's job? I think that'd be someone else's job, just okay. to be, like, the tomb keeper would it be like or the what is the thing when you get murdered and you have to be kept in that ice box in the, the morgue yeah 
each town has to have their own morgue. Yeah, and I think like I think that the um like whatever like a priest of the the life and death god would probably handle that, right? Yeah. And it's like the midwife that helps deliver babies but is also also runs the morgue. Um Yeah, that's interesting. What a cool world. Um <laughs> but our character um, what do they, so they, they're constantly wandering from village to village. They don't have like a home. I presume not. He probably has like a, like of the four major villages, he jumps between each one probably has a thing. If he's chilling there for a season word or it's um, just expected, like each town has to have like a room in their tavern set aside in their season for that, for him. What if, um, because he's a priest of the earth, um, what if he, he, he like doesn't go inside, you know, or like he, he prefers to like find a cave or something to sleep in just a town filled with hobbit holes for him. Yeah. Like you have to, if, when, when he comes to town, you, yeah, maybe every town has like a, a little, um, like stone, not like dormitory, but like almost like a doghouse that is where the priest stays when he comes. And that's like the temple where you might like leave your offerings, which would might be like food and money for him for his travels. Yeah. Um, okay. I like that. What, um, Let's let's build our the the character a little bit. Um, this is a fantasy ish world that we're working in. Um, is everybody human, or are we throwing in the fantasy races as well? Let's throw in the fantasy races. Why not? All right. Is our is our guy human, or is he a fantasy race? Um, he's either a human or a halfling. I don't think the other ones. The other races aren't really big into the agricultural stuff, are they? Um. Well, it, I mean, it kind of sort of depends. Um, elves definitely have farms because they like don't eat meat, right? They're the high elves. Um, or maybe I kind of assume, I kind meat, of assume but... they just had magic that provided for them like their regular um, harvest. Yeah, it could be. Like but, it's I very mean, strictly live off the land, like what directly nature provides for you. That's just what I assumed. But there's also like okay, so that's the high elves. But then you have the wood elves, which are all rangers and druids. Yeah. Like, but maybe that's not agriculture, right? It's yeah, it's um, more hunter gatherer. But a dwarf would definitely be a worshiper of the god of the earth. True. Um. So maybe, maybe as a they they become religious and decide to go traveling, um, and just maybe they're not like adventuring specific or you know traveling specifically because they want to bless harvests or that their god is telling them to bless harvests but that's just what they do for upkeep they they collect the the offerings from the village in exchange for blessing the harvest yeah then bring it back to the main temple oh yeah sure i i hadn't even thought about that i i just sort of thought that they were like a lone guy wandering around um, but okay, they, they, there is a central, uh, 
temple of the earth somewhere. I would assume so. Be weird to have a religion with just one shepherd. Well, I, I sort of assumed that there would be other people and it's just like, you know, we, we put 40 gold pieces of offerings in there. And when the priest comes and blesses the, the place, they can take it. But maybe, yeah, I like that, that they, they almost like taxes, like a, like a harvest or a, a, yeah. a planting tax. Um, so does the, does the church dem- demand or just expect um, that, that towns like, do they send priests out each season specifically to collect money and bless the harvest? And like, is there a problem if a town doesn't have money like would a would a priest just flat out not bless their harvest if they don't have a good enough uh offering? Ew. Sorry, shadow scratched me. Um No, it's fine. I can see that as something like you might be you might get less attention. Okay. Okay, like maybe they'll, like they'll swing by, but like your you know, your your dead father might just get thrown in a ditch as opposed to like the full rights. Okay. Like the bare minimum. Yeah. Okay. So I, I like that because it, it gives us like um, some room for like corruption and like corruption that our character would have to deal with. And then also just like our character, you know, we can, we can make our character be a good guy that will be like, Okay, don't tell anybody else, but I'll perform the burial rites for free. Yeah, just look, you don't have 40 gold pieces, but Muriel makes a really good potato soup. I want that potato. Right. But he actually our, our character would soup. But no, they, he would love potatoes. It's the apple <laughs> of the dirt. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I imagine our character loves root vegetables. It's a brown delicious. it's a great 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 granny smith (laughs) Ah, that yukon spud oh my god Ah, that's really funny that's really funny um i i think that that's we we should keep that too that like our character just like eats potatoes like they're apples. <laughs> then they, they definitely need to be a dwarf too. Yeah. And, and have just like wet potato bits all over in their beard. <laughs> oh, what a fun character. Um, okay. So what um, our character is maybe, maybe they are expected to be like a higher ranking member of the church because they are a dwarf um, and are like supposed to be more connected to the earth, but they really don't want to deal with the church so much. They want to like, actually like he, he actually enjoys going out and doing the blessings and stuff. Yeah. Way more than he enjoys being back at the church and dealing with all the bureaucracy and politics and stuff. Um, does he become like an adventurer? Does he join up with a group? Or does he just like chat with adventurers when he's performing a blessing? Does he like maybe get 
like go and help out different adventuring groups when he can. I think at some point he gets sucked into an adventure. It's okay. not something he actively seeks out. Okay, maybe. Um, yeah, I, I like that. I do like that. Maybe. Um, do we want him? How do we? How do we get him sucked in? I'm. I'm thinking maybe like, you know, zombies show up, and he's like, "Yo, I'm supposed to be a priest of." burying people and when people come out of the ground that's kind of not working for me i was thinking of something along the lines of like um he's going to a village to do his normal rites but right now that village is like under constantly under attack by like a warlord of some sort so they hire okay. out heroes and those heroes happen to be in the village and he gotta get get sucked into it got it but why does why does he let himself get sucked in though like, I don't want to say that our characters, like, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't do anything without getting paid for it. But, like, what, I feel like we need to attach his religion to the struggle mm-hmm. somehow. Um, the warlords keep burning and scorching the fields of the area. Okay. Okay, may, yeah, maybe they, they salt the, the earth or something. Yeah. Um, and maybe they steal the, um, donation or whatever. Or they desecrated the morgue and that's like a big no, no for everyone. Like you just do not mess with the morgue. Okay. Oh yeah. Maybe, um, maybe it's a group of like, um, I don't know, like outsiders or something. Right. Um, and part of their oh ooh, ooh, ooh. what if it's a cult okay and the cult believes in uh, cremation and like burn that da- burns down the town morgue and our character is like no we put him into ground <laughs> and and he uh, like joins with the adventures to go help take down this fire cult yeah I dig that um yeah that's pretty rad actually um okay so what's our what's our character's name dwarf names are fun um because you know the last name is always like stone hoof or uh crystal beard yeah and they're always really nordic based which is fun too i like nordic shit yeah um Njorman. Um, should we give him a real, like, earthy name? Like, uh, like, like actually put, like, mud or dirt or stone? I don't know about stone. Is he a, is he a rock steady guy or is he more of just like a cool go with the flow guy? Kind of seems like a, like he's a bit of a hippie. Okay. So then maybe we want to do mud and dirt, not stone. Because stone sounds like a warrior thing. Um, and also, he's um, like because he's a religious figure. Is he a father or a brother or a like? Is there a title in front of his name? Oh, that's really good. Um, I mean, I think like members of like other priests, other clerics. Is our guy a cleric? 
Just like if we were to give him a class, is he a cleric? I seems so, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, because he could be anything, right? He could be a druid. Um, Would the plant thing be part of his title, and then he has his regular name? Oh. Like, that there's priest, cardinal, pope. Like, would yeah, there be, yeah. like, pebble, stone, boulder, or... Ooh. Sap, sapling, tree, oak. Hmm. Um, what about, um, what about like sower? Like his, his I like his, sower. I like that a lot. Yeah. He, so he's called like, like sower dirt foot or whatever. We'll come up with a better name. Um, yeah, I like sower as well. That's his, his title in the church. That's, uh, that's tits. Um, okay. Uh, What's his, what's his, like, Nordic first name? Holdar. Holdar. And what, uh, <clears throat> what's his clan name or whatever? Uh, oh, this is good radio. Yep. That's what I think it's for. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe, what, what about something just like Earth Mover or Earthkin or something like that? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Um, let, let's do. Not. I don't know. Not. I don't want the word Earth in there. That's whack. That's not even the planet that they're on. <laughs> um. Uh. Uh. Hell? uh ter, ter. Terra. Something. Uh. Steep Cliff. Steep Cliff. I like that. That's cool. Um, okay. Uh, holder Steep Cliff? Yeah. Sower Steep Cliff. Sower Holder. I, I like that. Wouldn't it be Sower Steep Cliff? Yeah, but I, I imagine it would be different for, like, who's addressing him and how he, like, I think, like, if he had to go back to the temple, you know, the the higher-ranking members would call him Sower Steepcliff because his clan name is important. But when he's introducing himself, he would just be like, oh, I'm Sower Holder. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Um, I think it's just like a, a matter of... I don't know. Yeah. Um, or, and maybe... So would, would his teammates just call him Sower or just call him Holder? Maybe that's a, like from one teammate to another. Yeah, that might be a teammate to a teammate thing. Yeah, like someone might not be completely down with the religion. Periods they just just call him Holder. Yeah, or maybe, maybe someone grew up particularly religious and they only call him Sower. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Or that's just awesome. a fun nickname for the group. Yeah, that's their Persona Five Phantom Thieves name. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Cool. So. Let's should we quirk him up a little bit more? Like maybe um whenever they get into a fight he insists on burying the dead. Yeah, or, that, I think he would have to do that. That's part of his religion. That's part of yeah. Um But but he he's, what does he do in the fights? Um, you know, I most clerics are probably um providing like defensive bonuses, so maybe he's you know shielding his allies with stone or um 
you know, creating difficult terrain or whatever. Yeah. Like lots of uh, earth manipulation. I don't necessarily see him like throwing boulders around, um, but, you know, moving, moving dirt around and protecting allies and stuff. Let me ask, is he a pacifist? Hmm. Like on one hand, like he is a holy figure, but on the other hand, like it's a holy figure. That's like, well, we need dead bodies in the earth. But are you allowed to force a dead body in the earth? Yeah, so I think I think that his god really doesn't care about what happens above the ground. Like, like he blesses the seeds that are getting put in the ground, and he blesses the bodies that are getting put in the ground. But whatever happens above, like the surface of of the ground, the god doesn't fucking care. So he's like, if if I have to kill somebody to do the right thing, whatever. Um, so I don't, yeah, I don't think he needs to be a pacifist. I don't think he has like a bloodthirst, and I don't think that he's like, I need to bury as many bodies as possible. But if there's, you know, if there's somebody that's being a dick and they need to get destroyed, um, I think he would help out. But right. I don't think that he has like a ton of offensive spells. Yeah. Um. Maybe at some point in a fit of anger, he, you know, magically creates a hole to swallow up a bunch of guys and buries them alive. Like maybe he has some dark moments um, of exquisite violence, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think he's, he's a generally reserved and is more into protecting his allies than defeating his foes. There we go. Um, I like this character. Yeah. I'm still a fan of his potato obsession. Oh yeah. He'd be so much fun to to, to play. Um, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, uh, root vegetables are just like, I mean, I don't know that that would be a, a choice when you actually are playing the character. Never mind. Um, uh, uh yeah. But he's like, no, onions are for dandies. Yeah. <laughs> I would does he only eat food that is grows underground? Or does he just prefer that kind of food? Is think, it like a it, delicacy? I don't think it's a delicacy because he can get it so easily, but that is his preferred food. Okay. Like if you give him an apple apple, he's like, it still came from the earth. Yeah. Like it's not as good as a beet, but I, I'll eat it. Yeah. Um uh, can we have him invent peanut butter? Well, naturally. Mm-hmm. But can uh, it be with something dumb? Uh, like radish uh, potato butter? butter. <laughs> radish butter? Uh, yeah, I like that. Radish butter. Well, that's basically wasabi. <laughs> um, oh, there's radish, so many good root vegetables. Radish butter and jelly. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's... Um, Maybe that's his, uh, like, his raison d'etre is like, yeah, he's a priest and he goes around and does this stuff. But it's just because he loves, like, all the different root vegetables that exist and he wants to try them all. And that's, you know, his, his like, his own personal character arc. I'm down for that. That's so enjoyably dumb. It, yeah, it's really stupid, <laughs> but it's it's, like, quaint and sweet, right? And, like... It's endearing. Like the temple hears those are another like, 
oh, another town actually, like a whole brand new town popped up, but like they're like 200 miles north of anything we've ever been to. He's like, there's something new there. I know it. Yeah, he's like, I will go to there. Or maybe they're, it's like uh, this like shitty village that hasn't been able to pay us in three years um, just got ransacked and they're asking somebody to come and bury the dead who wants to do it. And he's like, wait, isn't this the, that place that has those golden turnips? I'll go. I'll go. I'll go do it. <laughs> me, me, pick me. I, I will. I will go to. I will do this. I will take this quest. God wants me to go. You have my hoe. <laughs> What's it, does he have like a a divine implement? Like does he use like a a shovel or something as a walking staff? Like a holy, I don't know, like a symbol. I would assume something along those lines. Or a spade. Yeah. Like one of those military, like, fold-out shovel pickaxe things. Oh, yeah, that's kind of funny. Oh, yeah, that's really good, because he's a dwarf, too, so it would have to be, like, a little handheld axe kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Oh, what a cool guy! When can we do him? (laughs) We just did it, Birdly. He was here all along. I know. One of these days, I want to just, like get some of the characters together and run a campaign with them. <laughs> um, okay. But do we have any... place him? I just write all their stuff and I'm also <laughs> the DM. I believe that's called writing a book, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't want to write a book. I want to do a, uh, I want to do, do an improvised audio book <laughs> about it. Um, is, is there anything else that we want to do with this character? Fill him out more? I think he seems pretty solid. Okay, well, all right. Yeah. Hey, uh, if you have any complaints about what we've done here today, send us an email at beabetterbard at gmail.com and tell me all about it, stud. More like spud. Um, hey. <laughs> got him. Uh, we also, you know, if you want to check out a charity that we work with, we um, and a couple of our friends do a thing with uh extra life extra life thank you yep. i i kept wanting to say chore but i knew that wasn't yep. it yep. we um, raised with... money for uh the children's hospital richmond and vcu um because mm-hmm. we were based out of richmond virginia don't tell me god <laughs> don't tell your wife where we are <laughs> uh, if you yes. want to learn more you can go to extralife.org slash participant slash fps yeah thank you alex um we sometimes stream on twitch i i should do it more i don't know why i don't um but uh yeah we we stream on twitch we uh stream on youtube we've got a facebook page and we're trying to figure out how to stream to facebook because we have more followers that way um but yeah this is a completely separate thing from the podcast and any donations that you make to that go to the children's hospital of richmond not to us in any way so um, yeah, that's a good use of your time and money. Yeah, uh, right now the hospital is just like every other hospital, you know, struggling with COVID. So, yeah, if there is ever a year you're going to donate to a hospital, this is kind of the time to do it. Yeah, and and I also like for the three people that might be listening, um, in, two of in, which are part of our team, <laughs> right? In in years past, we have gotten um, a lot of the donations that our team has earned has been from like businesses um we have partnered with a local restaurant in the past that donated 
a percentage of their, you know, earnings for a couple days to us. And that was really rad, but we don't really have those options this year. So we're pretty much relying completely on people to donate um, because the, this hospital needs money. And, you know, it's, it's not coming to us. We don't really, we want to earn a, a, as many donations as possible so that the hospital can have it, but it's not like it makes us look good. We don't win anything. Um, we just really care about this organization and um, the only thing we know how to do is be stupid video game nerds. And that's the only thing that this organization asks of us <laughs> is to be stupid nerds. Um, so if you can't donate, just check it out. Um, start your own team and raise some money. Get your parents to give you money um, to give to them or to whatever. Um, yeah, that's all I got. I'm done. Yep. Um, you can watch us stream for 25 hours November 7th. Yeah, I think 7th. And man, um, if you think we're annoying and pedantic now, wait until we're sleepy after 20 hours of playing video games. Yeah, and we're usually we play like one game for 25 hours. Um, but this year, I think we're doing sort of an arcade style where there will be different games going on and we'll be jumping back and forth between them. I would love to um, to stream some D&D stuff, honestly. Um, I would love to like run a, a campaign for the... Th- the three of you and um, I don't know, maybe stream that on Facebook. Um, Anyway, um, this is not the podcast for that conversation. Yeah. Uh, I love you, Alex. Thank you for doing another episode with me. I love you too, Burley. Nice to be on another episode with you. (laughs) Um, I don't have any more housekeeping. Do you? Nope. I'm going to go clean my house and play last of us. So you do have housekeeping. I do. I actually, I literally have housekeeping. I need to do laundry. <laughs> All right, we should okay. go now. Bye. All right. Well, until next time. Wash your hands. Bye. Bye.